This is Daily Politics. Here we look into the ins and outs of everything Kenyan politics. We pull no punches and have no reasons to sugarcoat anything that matters to Kenyans. My name is Rosalie Obala, NTV political editor, and I'm joined by... My name is Oliver Madenge, uh, multimedia editor, NTV. And my name is Patrick Langat, political editor, Daily Nation. Thank you, gentlemen. It's nice to be back. Welcome, <laughs> well, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. back. Even, even, even if though yes. you did not bring us anything. anything. Yeah? We welcome you. Oli, Oli, welcome. Oli, Oli, Oliver, you are the last person to say I didn't bring something. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Rosalind gave, gave, gave me some chocolate. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> All the way from Guma. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. Welcome we back. You. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. While you are with all we, we we held the ship oh yes. we did yeah. and, oh, we and did. you did well i mm. will listen and i i enjoyed the the conversations mm. uh today let's look at what is on the political space and uh, we've been talking about uh, president Uru joining the azimio campaigns as a council chairman uh maybe what is your take on that because today for the first time we have seen him actually hit the road in nairobi um i th- if if I were Raila and the Azimio team, I would feel like it's coming a little too late. Mm. And uh, because the promise had always been, Uhuru would take, uh, the president would take Raila to the mountain and yes. he would bridge the gap mm. that uh, the former prime minister has been having in that, uh, in that region in terms of votes. Oh, votes. So coming just 20 or so days to the elections, it is not going to the mountain, he's campaigning in Nairobi where Raila... Mm. As right. always, had the upper hand anyway. bedroom. I would say it's coming a little too late. Mm. Uh, of course, we would uh, we would love to see what happens in the next weeks or so, whether he would finally go to the mountain. Mm. But always, the question that would be asked by the Azimio adherents, I would think, mm. is uh, what impact that would have coming too late to the election mm. when. All opinion polls are showing that Ruto has quite a lead mm-hmm. in uh, in Mount Kenya. Yeah, actually, more than double what uh, Raila is yes. in the region. More than double what he's seeking. And, uh, Maybe somebody can say better late than never. <laughs> no, Maybe you can change the <laughs> in times. Terms <laughs> yes, yeah, in terms but, of votes. Yes. But I, 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 as we have discussed previously in this, uh, in this podcast, is that uh, Kenyans really change their minds. In yes. the last minute, yeah. I think uh, even we've been discussing about the value of these debates that are, are being held. Mm. Uh, it's the same thing, but I think Huru's strategy for me appears to be uh, too too prone. Yes, uh, Uhuru Kenyatta first decided not to use himself mm-hmm. as the campaign, the main campaigner for yes. for Raila, mm-hmm. and instead. Like, for instance, when he hosted uh, the religious leaders in uh, State House from the Mount Kenya region, where he Mm. spoke, his entire speech was in Kikuyu. Yes. Mm. He has decided to send people to do the work for him. For him, yeah. And I think that's the same thing that he's trying to do with this. For instance, in Nairobi today, he has gone to the Kikuyu-dominated, or rather yesterday. Yes. He went to the Kikuyu-dominated areas Mm. uh, of Mwiki and uh, Mihango and the rest. Mm. For him to just uh, entice the Kikuyus to support Raila. And when you hear him speaking, first and foremost, I don't know why he has decided to... I know he explained a bit the last time he was meeting the religious leaders about how he fell out with the the deputy president. president, yes. Uh, Because he had promised to go back to Mount Kenya and explain why he fell out with the deputy president. Yes. But now, when he's on the 
on the campaign trail he says he calls his uh, the deputy president a liar yes he calls the deputy president a thief mm. why can't he come out outrightly and tell kenyans mm-hmm. because this is not just a ruto uhuru issue Uru but it's a kenyan issue why is the deputy president a liar mm-hmm. why is the deputy president a thief a, a thief, thief yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, th- i think his his strategy will al- alienate uh raila father mm-hmm. from that mount kenya base if you I, ask I, me I, i think even in the past episodes we talked about the uru baggage that uh, raila is carrying and we were saying that uh, it would rather raila goes to mount kenya himself and yes. climbs the <clears throat> mountain uh, than seek the direct support of uru because mm. in terms of even his legacy as he lives and you've seen most of the campaigns that raila has been undertaking he keeps on saying that he will continue yeah. with the uru's projects now in the event that those some of the projects and we are talking about an ailing economy now mm. and you tell kenyans that you're going to take uh, forward what the current government is doing then it is a baggage that will actually cost the azimio presidential yes, exactly, candidate yeah. Yeah. if he doesn't look at how to communicate with his his voters mm-hmm. but what worries us that even as he hits the ground and starts with nairobi the question is the opinion polls that have been coming out has actually been giving his deputy william ruton an edge in his backyard so what does that say that even his people that he has trusted to penetrate the mountain on his behalf maybe have not been doing it maybe after the sagana 3 that he had promised to go and campaign in in central kenya we will have actually seen him doing exactly that exactly. so that yeah. even if uh, the numbers are not matching then we can say he actually took Raila to 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 the mountain and that is why I'm saying even for Raila is in catch 22. Yeah, so ex- do I rely on Uru support or yeah. do I delay? And, and I, I totally agree with you. This is the first election under the new constitution. Yes. For the 2020 constitution where we are having two incumbents. Mm. Running for office. Yes. Raila Odinga is taken as an incumbent because of Uru Kenyatta. Yes. He's not <laughs> he, he was not elected. He has not been president or mm-hmm. deputy president, but mm-hmm. now he's seen as an incumbent. And he's actually carrying, the yeah, carrying the sins of Uhuru Kenyatta mm-hmm. as he goes to the election. And, mm-hmm. and I think that will cost Raila a lot. I, mm-hmm. Personally, I think the, the greatest undoing, even if the handshake was very important for Raila and Uhuru Kenyatta, mm-hmm. the greatest undoing for Raila Odinga was to continue with that point of the handshake to the point that he went he kept he kept uh, he kept himself in the handshake for too long mm. he is not seen a man as a man of of his own yeah. like because bbi actually mm. dented mm. raila's credibility yes if yes. you think about it, it. Mm. what happened there's also the bit of um, of the run the raila odinga the raila odinga's running mate martha mm. karua and what she would have brought Mm. Um, to the table especially in that mount kenya vote i was surprised the, in the in the opinion polls actually women are the most undecided the and most i undecided. thought yes and, yeah. and, mm. and even in that mount mm. but, but 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 even even in that sense of uhuru not uh, not campaigning for for raila there is a, mm. there, there are a lot of people in azimio who had thought that the bringing in of uh, martha karua would would actually sort of substantiate for what uh, yeah. um, for what the president would have done but yeah. all these opinion polls we've seen have shown that uh, maybe uhuru was needed to and i think and i think uh, 
the, you know, the same breath in mm. terms of Mother Karua and all that is that what Uhuru Kenyatta forgets that Mount Kenya, most people have a problem with him mm. as the leader of this mm. country mm. in terms of the economy, how the, the last, his second term, the way the economy has been battered and all that. And for him to continue pushing the narrative that I actually appointed, you know, he was one who said that uh, I picked Mother Karua Mm. to protect the interest of Mount Kenya. Mount Kenya yeah. So people don't see you you have been present but you have not protected the interest of Mount Kenya yes. but yeah. you are telling yeah. us this you person you picked will <laughs> you see it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. And actually Patrick uh, and and Oliver I think that is what even I was keying in as we wind up uh, on this subject is that um if you look at it I think even the Mount Kenya region it's not that they are rallying behind the deputy president as a savior but I think they're looking as an alternative yes. mm-hmm. to, to President Uru Kenyatta. Exactly. And I think that is why they have embraced the UDA party because they are looking at it as a central Kenya party but an alternative that can speak for them. So for me, from where I sit, I think that even those who align themselves with the UDA party, it's not that maybe the deputy president is a preferred candidate, but they are just looking at somebody that they can tell uh, the president that here, we are not so happy with how you led us under your jubilee government. And so we are actually going for one of your own that you are within your government to support on the other side. Mm. I think uh, as as we look at the terrain of the politics, we also need to see exactly what is tilting the central Kenya vote towards the deputy president. Yeah, Yeah. and and I think even as we move on from that is that uh, I think the president is making a very huge mistake by especially using public officers and public uh, goods mm-hmm. and uh, services mm-hmm. to weigh the voting towards uh, Raila Odinga. Because, you see, for the last couple of weeks, I think uh, it was the head of civil service, uh, Joseph Kenya, issued a memo yeah. to cabinet secretaries telling them that there is one million uh, title deeds that need to be issued. And they were told you have to issue these title deeds yeah. uh, we saw on uh, on Tuesday the CS for Treasury was somewhere also doing the same we've seen other CSs doing doing it and you see this issuance of title deeds a month to elections does not augur well with a lot of people less than a month mm-hmm. yeah less than a month <laughs> because yes. it, it feels like bribery mm-hmm. yeah because ah he's because all of them are going to issue these title deeds and riding on the wave that we are going to vote for Raila Odinga to continue the work Uhuru has been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite interesting what's happening because uh, I think the discussion about the use of public uh, public goods, use of public money to campaign for a particular candidate would always be with us. Uh, yeah. Especially in the Kenyan elections. Yeah. But you said, Oliver said something interesting about there being two incumbents in yes. this government because mm. uh, you have a deputy president who is <laughs> running against the, the second most powerful <laughs> man yes. in, in in the government. In the government. So yes. both of them, both of them uh, would 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 be pushing for that use of the public resources. You've seen the deputy president, for example, complain that uh, 
sitting allowances, uh, no, not sitting allowances, the allowances that his staff the, would yeah, receive yeah, the travel from, um, that has been budgeted for by parliament, it has been approved, they are no longer getting them. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is another means that public uh, resources are then used to campaign or decampaign for, mm-hmm. for, for a candidate. Uh, Whether uh, or not issuing 1 million titles that we all knew all these people needed mm. we are we are very we are a country that has quite quite a lot of resources but people don't have titles for yeah. mm-hmm. people don't have titles I, I, I totally agree with you people because um, president who is actually on his sunset days and if you hear the other day when he was at KU, he actually alluded to it and he said, I'm remaining with actually three weeks mm-hmm. to vacate office. So for, for an exiting head of state to be launching projects towards the end of his term is suspect. The reason is, even if it's for public good, it is prone to exploitation. Mm. Because so many people will use it to, in the name of the president and the government, yes. that it's their legacy projects. Mm. But there are some people who will use it for their own goods, mm-hmm. not even representing that government. Yeah. I am sure, and we can still have this conversation after elections, where some people will come and say, we got titled this, which are just papers. Yes. That we cannot do anything with. Mm-hmm. We are seeing road projects being being launched. We are seeing other projects. We are even seeing uh, some candidates, even after the expiry of the period for raising funds and all that, still holding no, dinner dinners. dinner meetings where they are secretly raising money for their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And all this will only come to light after the elections because now it's about accusation and counter-accusation. If this side says this, the other side also says this is what is happening. But just as you, had sa- you have said it, it's not unique to Kenyan politics. Mm-hmm. In 2017, we had this conversation. Yes. It's only that people are on different camps. Um, yeah. It was NASA that was bashing the government that when they were uh, launching their big four agenda, they were using that to lure people to to, to elect vote. them. Mm. Now this side, the, it's about musical chairs. It has turned the other way, and the, <laughs> the, the, deputy, the president. deputy president is crying foul. So I, I think this is not unique to Kenyan mm. politics. Yeah, but but I think for me, I think we need to get to a point where, as a country, we mature mm. and ensure that uh, public officers are not involved in elections, especially when they have to to cater for all sides of the divide. You yeah, see, exactly. uh, it's not fair for. Uh, one side to be disadvantaged because the minister of interior has taken a side mm. and decides uh, because the ministry the minister uh, the the cabinet secretary interior can give instructions to the police to not guard a certain place because of mm. political affiliation mm. yes so we need a situation where public officers are above above reports mm. and and probably as we now we get to the conclusion of this uh, episode i think it's the same thing that uh, we are seeing a situation where people are now complaining about uh, whether pe- the, can- the country is ready for but, the but, elections but in terms of security. Be- before you, you move there, remember there are people who are looking for jobs who are in government <laughs> and want to retain their <laughs> jobs. <laughs> so even as they take positions, it's not about ev- anything. It's about their self-interest. Mm. Because you see, the drafters of the constitution were very clear. If they wanted the executive to be part of the politics, then we will have had a presidential or uh, parliamentary or a hybrid system yeah. where yeah. they are part of parliament and they campaign and they are elected mm-hmm. and then they become ministers. The fact that the constitution said that uh, cabinet secretaries shall not be 
members of, of parliament. parliament. Yeah. There mm. was a reason for that. Mm. So that when you're handling your docket, you do your work as a, a technocrat. If you want to be a politician, you go and seek the mandate of the people and come to parliament. Mm. Now we here is a case where we are having cabinet secretaries who have turned into politicians. They are politicking more than the politicians themselves. Yeah. And it has spread like a virus to public offices, where even the public officers are now talking about my government, my office, my decision. Mm -hmm. If we had uh, strong institutions to hold these people to account, I think in terms of ethics and all that and the integrity of leaders, mm -hmm. I think we'll not have anyone in office yeah. now. Because <laughs> everyone who is in office, in a way, you go to a rally and they are told, you will be a cabinet secretary for this ministry. You have earned this. And they are doing it because for them it's about post-August. Where will we be? Yeah, but, but you see now, even uh, you have to be intelligent. Uh, some, some, uh, some of these cabinet secretaries, you see, they don't get involved in the politics. Yes. You have to be also be intelligent as a, as a human being. Mm -hmm. Because what happens if the other side wins? Yeah. You go home. <laughs> you yes. go home. You know. You know. But they probably, should ask but yeah. the name or what he yeah. went through. <laughs> yes. Probably if you if you had if you had uh, taken a neutral stand. Yes. Probably these are the people who would think. Okay. Probably this is someone we can work with. What are to take a key to Malia Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is what the framers wanted, so that you don't put a, a a government at standstill. That if the other side that is not part of government is elected, then everyone goes home. Mm -hmm. The ideal situation is, yes, the cabinet secretaries are supposed to go, the permanent secretary are supposed to go, but there are those top government officials that should remain there. But if they have already taken sides, how will they work with this other mm. uh, people who are coming on board? And I think if you talk to people who transitioned through the NAC government into the Jubilee government, they will tell you the same way as those who transition through the Kanu government to NAC government. There are people who become casualties just based on how they were handling the campaigns. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, are we ready for this election without uh, violence? I, I really hope we are. Um, and as Kenyans, we made reference to this in previous episodes and also in this one about we have our lessons and mm. we have all, we have seen all these alarm bells go. The NCIC has released a report mm. about mm. Uh, uh, violence, hotspots, what we are doing with social media, the kind of hate messages that is going around in the campaigns. And uh, as a Kenyan, you would hope that mm. authorities are actually sitting down, they have devised a plan, and we're actually working towards mm. ensuring that uh, peace is maintained, we have a conclusive elections in August. Um, hopefully, it doesn't drag on for too long, even uh, including the legal challenges and whatnot. That number two, the IBC is well prepared. They have put in their staff well. They yeah. have done their logistics right. Because, you know, all these conflicts and electoral violence yeah. that uh, come about, yeah. it's all about the process. If people feel that... Uh, they are not credible. They are not credible Fair. that uh, there were some people that were not identified and it is only a section mm. of uh, of supporters or a section of the country. Then we have these problems. Mm. But if the IPC puts their house in order and uh, everybody is identified properly, we count all the number of votes that are cast, we transmit them correctly, they are tallied and results are declared promptly and the way they should be, it reduces the number of um, legal challenges, but also just the 
the propensity for even people to suggest uh, um, this kind of violence that uh, these authorities have called uh, have called our attention to I, I think as we go to this election this is also another very unique election one because if you look at the traditional areas where as have always been the hotspots there are no tension in those areas and i think this is thanks to the uh, the handshake but now the question is that if you look at the ncic report then we have the new hotspots mm. so how do we cushion ourselves to ensure that those areas that have been identified remain peaceful during the elections now it's not only about the issue of how ibc is prepared it's also the issue of security we have yeah. areas that there are bandits we have areas that we have extremist activities we have the uh, the porous borders and also we also have leaders who have loose tongue who yeah, will just try to to cause chaos mm, even where yeah. we should not have chaos mm. kiambu, so, kiambu has is an example we've had a lot of chaos in kiambu yes, yes. over the governor race exactly yes. so 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 i think these are some of the things that the the institutions that are mandated to ensure that we have a peaceful elections and post Uh, the elections look up to because you see they always say you look at the red flags before it happens mm. so how mm. best can we educate our people how best can we have the peace initiatives how best can we even talk about uh, talk to our leaders and in those porous areas how best will you deploy security in those areas to ensure that the elections go on as planned and nobody is attacked Uh, Kapeda has always been an issue here. Yeah. We've had attacks in Mombasa. You remember uh, 2017 uh, mm. uh, 2013 where there were attacks in other areas like in the northeastern region. Mm. So how best because the moment there's insecurity in an area it sends panic. Yeah. Yes. And and you see, you see I think also the same way that IBC is uh, updating the country about the preparedness of the elections mm. i think the security sector needs to also Do keep that. updating can- mm-hmm. the country because you see mm-hmm. uh, there are those areas like lamu where uh, previously al shabab has yes. tried to do their thing mm. and we need people need to be assured mm. that there is security mm. people actually need to be assured that when they wake up on that day on the 9th of october uh, of, sorry of august yes. that that you see Uh, police stations open at 5 a.m. Yes. Uh, people will start going there, streaming in there. Mm. How are we sure that there are not people who are going to take advantage mm. of people who are going to the police stations and attacking them? Yeah. So I think uh, the security personnel or uh, st- uh, officials in this country, mm. starting with the cabinet secretary to the high, uh, IG of police, they need to come out and tell Kenyans, this is what we are seeing these how we are prepared to deal with these things and that way i think for as a country people will will be more will feel safer mm. the other thing is that uh, politicians need to tame their tongues <laughs> yes yes I, i think it's it's high time that people be responsible i don't think it's right for you to go keep inciting people out there i saw one uh, yesterday talking um, uh, say talking about how the deputy pres- uh, some sorry uh, how the azimio la umoja candidate raila odinga went to kericho and there were no there was no violence and asking yeah. uh, is did he learn anything uh, can we still, can we go to kisumu and not and be the, attacked yeah. you know such things you see such such things Preach they peace. create they yeah. create they create some sort of discord 
in people mm-hmm. because okay why are you saying that uh, it's mm-hmm. only you guys are, who are peaceful mm-hmm. why are you calling us the ones who are violent you mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. so politicians need to actually try and uh, be responsible they and not just politicians voters also mm-hmm. on social media you mm-hmm. don't have to keep insulting each other Mm. You told each other today then uh, you don't make a point by insulting but yeah. you can still put in your, your yeah, you your can comments disca- you can discuss the debate between Igade yeah. and uh, Sakaja without insulting each other mm. exactly yeah. but i think also what a question is do we have a sleeping uh, police force when was the last time we had our inspector general of police address the public oh. or the media <laughs> on anything because let alone let alone the <laughs> yeah. yes because <laughs> his presence alone makes gives the public assurance mm. he might be doing everything behind the scenes but just coming up and telling kenyans here we are we are mm. headed for an election this is how we have mopped up this is how you're going to deploy our mm. people in case where you think that there are security concerns this is the the channel to even reach out to us this is what how we are going to do our rapid uh, response in those areas uh, if we are having challenges these are the challenges we are having and this is how we are addressing them with the other institutions now when you become aloof and you're not being seen how convinced am i where i'm seated mm. that my security is guaranteed when i'm not feeling my inspector general of police coming to speak and talk to us unless he will speak after the elections <laughs> yeah true, true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah anyway uh, i think on that <laughs> on that note on that hopeful note <laughs> on that hopeful note hopeful note and ifike kwa mtiambaye tunataka i think i think uh, i think it's important that we all call for peace in this country and yes. we all ensure that uh, we d- we are responsible and uh, do our work how we are supposed to do it even the media mm. we need to be responsible in yes. how we are framing our stories Absolutely. also yes. yeah Yeah and on that note uh, we come to the end of this <laughs> edition of uh, daily politics uh, don't forget to log into uh, ntvkenya.co.ke and nation.africa and uh, catch up with our previous episodes